Tuesday mornings, we go live to Washington, D.C., and we talk to New York Times investigative reporter David Farenthold. David, good morning. Morning. All right, let's start in Georgia. Um, You know, lots of folks are like, ah, the Democrats have the majority. Does this Senate race really mean anything? But Democrats say, no, absolutely. It means something if we can reelect Raphael Warnock, the Democratic senator there. What a big deal is this uh, runoff happening in Georgia? It's a big deal. As you said, the Democrats will control the Senate in the next Congress. But the, whether it's 51 votes or 50, it makes a difference logistically in that, like, now you need uh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, to come to the Capitol every time you take any sort of vote to break the tie. She's a busy person that keeps her in D.C. and keeps the Senate sort of, uh, you know, backlog. If you have 51 votes, you don't need that. And it she sounds like would be able to give them. Go ahead. You could, also, you could also give Democrats a majority in a lot of Senate committees. So committees would move a lot faster. You know, obviously the, the Republicans are going to have the House. Not a huge amount of legislating is going to get done, but they will be. It'll be a lot easier to confirm judicial nominees and things like that if they have fifty-one versus fifty. Yeah, the judicial nominees will be a very big deal for the Biden administration the, the next two years or so. What's left though for lame duck Congress to accomplish? Oh my God, a lot. Uh, not <laughs> yeah. only there's a bill, a huge amount. There's a bill that would would uh, make same-sex marriage legal around the country. There's a, a new thing that was announced yesterday by S- Senator Sinema and Tillis, a Democrat and Republican. It was supposed to be a framework for immigration reform, so that might happen in this in this Congress. There's also questions about the defense defense authorization, about debt, you know, the debt ceiling, raising the debt ceiling, so that doesn't come up again in the next Congress. This is going to be windows are always the busiest season of Congress. This is going to be particularly busy. I also want to pick your brain about something that surprised us, honestly, and it's President Biden's what seems to be a sudden turn against labor unions when it comes to really pushing this, uh, pushing them to not strike when it comes to the rail workers. Did it surprise you? I mean, what's the talk in Washington, D.C.? Was this a betrayal of unions by President Biden and the Democrats? I don't. I mean, I, I don't think Biden sees it that way. I mean, I, I think certainly this the union was a very it's a very sympathetic cause in this fight with the railroad. They basically union has no paid sick days. They can't take they can't take it off and get paid to go to the doctor. Um, but their strike would have been right before Christmas, which would have messed up everybody's Christmas shipments. You know, I think this was Biden realizing that the, the political hit that he would take and the inconvenience he would cause the whole country if there was a rail shutdown. Uh, was so much greater and worth so much more to him than the hit he would take from not backing a union to the hill. So I think that union is disappointed, and unions in general may be against him. But you know, this is a this this was a decision where I think it would be really hard for anybody, imagine even President Bernie Sanders, to sign with a union in this case if it meant everybody's Christmas presents got delayed. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Can I ask about the Supreme Court yesterday hearing arguments where this web designer in Colorado said that she didn't want to be forced when she opens her business to make wedding announcements for same-sex couples, but Colorado's argument is, well, that violates our state law, which uh, prohibits discrimination. Um, Listening to to some of the questioning and and the line of questioning from the, the court here, the justices, supermajority for conservatives here, seem to be leaning toward protecting or siding with this Christian artist. Is that how you're reading things? What what is what are you hearing about that? That's right. I mean, this is kind of a weird case to explain to people in the real world because yes, this person hasn't even started her business yet and she's in a lawsuit about whether when she starts her theoretical business could theoretical gay clients come to her and could she theoretically turn them away. Uh, but yes, I do think this, the justices seemed likely to rule for her. The question on everybody's mind in the court yesterday was sort of how could they limit that so that they wouldn't be sort of 
throwing open, you know, like invalidating a lot of other anti-discrimination laws. They want to make it sort of narrow, as narrow as possible. And one way they seem to be thinking about it was, was this a speech case? You know, was, is she more analogous to like a newspaper publisher or, a, you know, somebody who's publishing something rather than somebody who is, uh, you know, baking a cake or performing some other sort of service? You know, I think that, that Colorado would argue that she's more like a bus company that, you know, refuses to serve people of a particular race or a particular sexual orientation. She's saying, no, I'm just a newspaper. You know, I don't want to print your content. I don't have that. You know, I don't you can't make me speak, you know, violate my right to free speech by making me say something I don't believe in. David Farenhold, New York Times investigative reporter. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for some good analysis this morning. Thank you.